0: we yeah.
1: Hey, what is going on everyone? Welcome to episode 10 of the search cast presented by shock hydrate and Primo X hockey. I'm your host, Zach Martin. And with me today, I have a very special guest with me. If you're on Keen's Twitter, you pretty much know this guy from pretty much all the poor for scores videos. Every time a Carolina Hurricanes player scores, or, you know, you see him on the Chicago Wolves, you know, talk about them and all the goals and all that good stuff. I have Eric K eight joining me today. Eric, how are you doing today, man?
2: all right man and uh well you nailed that intro it's just saying it takes, like 20 tries to do that
1: it, it's been uh there's luckily i've had enough podcast experience where i kind of have like a good idea of how to do it. i know I, my first episode of this podcast i'm like i don't know what to do i don't even know how to start this i kind of fumbled it for the first like few seconds but i think i've kind of gotten a smooth rhythm now of like all right i kind of know how i want to start it so it's it's practice. It's a lot of like, uh, what do I do here? Luckily I haven't had a guest in the last couple of weeks. I've kind of like played around with it and just kind of had like normal openings by myself to where I'm not like, you know, try not to, you know, stutter in front of the guest. Like, ah, uh, I know what I'm doing, but blah, 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 you know, we'll start word vomiting. So, but um, I appreciate that. But yeah, man, like I know, yeah, you know, I know you've been a supporter since day one, asking questions every week and stuff like that. So it's, I, I really appreciate you coming on and joining me today, you know, for the show. It's yeah, I'm pretty excited happy to for this give one. you a well, happy to give you all the support. I can. Eh? Hey, no, I appreciate that. And of course everyone else, you know, for the support as well. So we do have some fan questions at the end um, which is weird because usually you're asking me, but not so much this time You get to answer some of the questions. So this is gonna be fun. And then, um, you know, before all of that, we're going to talk about, you know, the week that was for Carolina finally clinched. So we get to talk about that for a good, a little bit. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a week for us, Hurricanes fans. I'm like, all right, when are you guys going to clinch? Like we want, like, we want to get that. We want to see the little X by the name. Let's go here. Like, let's get it done. And then, you know, talk about the, you know, talk about the week that was talk about, you know, last night's game. You know, of course we're recording on Friday. So we're talking about last night's game against Buffalo at home. And then, you know, they play the Islanders tonight. Talk about the Chicago Wolves for a little bit. I know people want us to talk about the, uh, the interesting, Jersey combos from the last week. So <laughs> definitely the to dive into that a little bit. Like I said, we're also gonna go you know, get to the you know the fan questions here in a little bit. But um yeah, before we start all that, I know last week's show kind of shouted you out uh for you know getting sergeant in the national guard. So since I'm talking to you today, figure, hey, congratulations, man, on uh you know, getting sergeant. That's really awesome. We uh, thank you for your service, and that's that's really awesome, you know, that you're uh able to do that. So that's, real, that's well, Thank you, man. Awesome. That, that means a lot. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. So, this week has been – the last week has been interesting because, you know, play Minnesota. Caroline's on the precipice of hitting 100 points for, like, the second time ever and ever. And wasn't really much of a game you really wanted to remember outside of, I think, what was it, like, 3-1 against them? So, yeah, it was 3-1 against Minnesota at home. It was just – I don't know, man. What were your thoughts from that game? It didn't feel like it was anything really to write home about until Carolina scored, like, their only goal in the third period.
2: Yeah, I think for, like, that game and the Buffalo one, um, I just kind of mentally, I think, you know, I think they are kind of getting a little lackadaisical, which is to be expected, you know. It's been – it definitely has been a grind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I was kind of expecting the intensity to kind of back off a little bit after the Kokunyemi injury. (laughs) So I was like, well, they're probably not going to play as rough as they have been. Uh, So I try to keep that in mind. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's still rough. I mean, I don't think any team goes like, hey, I want to totally suck tonight. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that at all. It's just, no, no, and, you know, you get a team, they're like, well, this is the Hurricanes. You know, we have to be good against them. Otherwise, we're not gonna win. So there's that too. And that's sort of an honor. Um, but yeah, it's just uh you of course you want the team to win. I mean, it's frustrating when they don't. Yeah. But uh they finally got there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I know they finally did. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's like no team wants to go in and you're just lay an egg, and not do a whole lot, and yeah, especially with the cockney injury, because like everyone's like oh well you know play to the final horn blah 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 oh it wasn't that it wasn't that bad it's like i don't really think it's necessary to go after a guy with like 1.2 seconds if i know you want to kind of like finish a check but at the same time it's like really like there's not a lot of time left like do you really have to follow through with it so i can i can kind of see both sides but it was like that's that's a little much with like a second and a half left like i wouldn't really want to go after a guy but it is way yeah, So Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the intensity definitely changed after that game for sure.
2: Now, I think Trip kind of put it best is that it was a legal hit, but it was predatory in nature, thing, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, because at the time, Carolina was winning pretty heavily. So, I mean, it was like, I understand, like, maybe you want to take us on frustrations, but it's like, and I know you don't really know how much time's left, but it's like at the same time, it's like, do you really want to go after a guy like that with like, the dying seconds off i don't know it's it seemed a little much cuz you know you're under a minute cuz everyone here is no one minute remaining so it's i don't know i think it was a little much to go do that but i can see why the intensity kind of shifted a little bit and for me minnesota is a good team i'm not saying they're going to go and like you know run through the west but at the same time it's like the Minnesota Wild Aren't a team really can just take easily and not want to bring the intensity because you know still got Karev Caprizov. They have all those other guys too on the team and you know, Zuccarella and all that. So I still think if you're gonna play a good team in the West, those are kind of like those games where it's like you want to show that, okay, you know, we're top five in the entire league, top like four, top three at least right now where the points are standing at. You kind of want to prove why you're in the top three yeah, you can't win every game, but it's like at least show a little bit more effort than we saw against Minnesota because it's like, I don't know, man, down 3 nothing, you finally get a goal that late in the third. It's Yeah, you scored, but not really how you want to see yourself against, you know, the top competition, you know, in the league. We were facing another top 10 team in the league, but
2: no, what do you do? (laughs)
1: You're right. Yeah, so unfortunately that didn't go so well. Tuesday night in Buffalo, um, that was interesting. Uh, so before the game, we all saw the jersey combos, which we'll talk about later on, a little bit more later on. But uh, what were your first thoughts before even the game even starts? Like, what were your thoughts when you saw the white white jerseys with the black pants? Because usually we're used to either to the all white or the white and red. It's like, what were your first thoughts when you saw the black pants with the white jerseys?
2: Uh well, at first, I saw like the pictures I thought um if there was just like one person accidentally had like the wrong pants or whatever, but then apparently everyone was doing it um and, I, and of course, Twitter kind of went crazy like yeah, was there like a like a a mishap with like the bringing the wrong colors, <laughs>
1: yeah right. or whatever, like, yeah, like did someone accidentally have uh, the pants back home, or did someone like accidentally wash something wrong or something it was just like. What's with the black pants? Like, we've never seen that with the white jerseys. Like, that's not a thing you usually see for the Hurricanes.
2: Right. But I mean, I didn't hate it. And I'm kind of thinking back now, I'm kind of like, you know, the Hurricanes, you know, let them be weird. You know, they're oh, playing yeah. 83 games. You know, if they want to. Wear random stuff for a game or two. That's fine, and I don't think it was cursed or anything like that. I think there's a lot of
1: other factors. <laughs> I, you see, I was one of those people like, oh, this thing is cursed. He's a terrible. I would mostly just doing tongue in cheek because it's just kind of like, oh, come on, really? Like the one time we changed up the we changed up the jerseys, they just have a a rough game against Buffalo, but that was more so at the fun, you know, like laughing through the pain of the fact that you're like losing to Buffalo. It's kind of like, mm. <laughs> kind of make jokes about it. That way I don't feel too bad about this game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, like, it's like, bruh, really? <laughs> but no, I, I didn't really hate it either. It was just, at first it was weird, but you kind of get used to it once you're watching the game. But other than that, man, that was whatever reason, it's Buffalo kind of figured out the penalty kill. Really, The, the Hurricanes couldn't do anything against them. And for whatever reason, Carolina just had a tough game. I don't know what it was. Like, a lot of people are saying, to them, oh, you're playing down to your competition. And it, it kind of showed in that game, which you're thinking of playing Buffalo. you Like, you know, I know you can't take every team lightly, but at the same time, it's like, it's Buffalo. Like, you should have no problem with these guys. So, I don't know. It was, it was one of those weird games where you're like, what is happening? You know what I'm saying?
2: Right, and I think back to, like, last season with the Red Wings. Like, there's no reason why the Hurricanes should have been losing those games or going overtime,
1: whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. It's like –
2: For some reason, there's always a team that's just kind of their Achilles
1: heel, and maybe that's them this season. Um, Yeah, I guess so. It was just – it was a very odd game from the start. You're like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, like, Freddie's in net. We should easily be – and the thing was, you were they were killing them in the sh- in the in shots to like the whole first pier, they were all over them, and right, whatever reason, just like Thursday night, like nothing went in the net. And you're sitting going, What is happening right now? Like, why can't we score against this team? And it's just, it was a very weird thing to see in terms of just how Buffalo just somehow figured out the Hurricanes. And well, like we said, with against Minnesota, you can't win every game, but at the same time, it's like. Mm. You kind of wanted to see a little bit more against when you're playing against a team who's kind of like bottom five in the league. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: but I mean, Montreal is still beating teams. Arizona is still beating teams, so it's not strictly <laughs> a Hurricanes issue.
1: Oh no, it's no, it definitely isn't. It's it's like it's the it's that weird. Oh, it's the one of those random fluke games where it's just like it doesn't go anything your way and stuff like that. And of course, like you know we've been talking about too, like eighty-two games the East is pretty much locked up in terms of the top eight. So you're really just playing for seating at that point. So it's like, it's like what you said earlier, I think it's more of like taking the like lift the foot off the gas a little bit because like, okay, you know, you're going to clinch. It's just when, and I guess you want to kind of try and save some energy for when, the, when the playoffs start. So I get that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, there is that saying of it's right. You rather have a, a tough struggle now rather than the playoffs. And I agree with that, but I don't know. I think you should beat the teams that you should beat more than anything else, but it's hockey. Anything can happen. So, right. And
2: that's just an unfortunate fact is, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're going to get embarrassed, but at least we're not talking about the Maple Leafs. So, we're good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I saw in Dom from The Athletic, I like him, but at the same time, it's kind of like his rankings and like the percentages that they do for like their metrics makes absolutely no sense. And we talk, and I talk about it every week on Twitter. I'm like, how does Toronto still have a better percentage than the Hurricanes, but Toronto still has to go through Tampa and Florida first before they even get to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals? So make that make sense to me. Like, no, it's how? He said
2: before that because he wants to see a Toronto Maple Leafs and Avalanche match up for the, uh, for the Stanley Cup. So he's always been putting them purposely oh, yeah. higher because he's just trying to, like, yeah. will
1: it to existence, I guess. I guess. But at the same time, it's like, remember your track record. Like, let's be honest here. Like it, it, you have Florida and Tampa in your same division and they're like easily going to finish like first and second. Like no one else is going to touch them. So it's like, is it, it, it's why well, I, I think right now they're second, but like I said, I think Tampa and Toronto and all them have been swapping positions, but it's like, you still gotta go through both of those teams. So it's just funny when you see that. And then he's got like, Carolina like fourth in power rankings and Toronto third I'm like I know Carolina lost to Buffalo in an embarrassing way but Carolina also didn't give up a 5-1 lead to the Florida Panthers for like the second time in the season right so it's like I understand there's some recency bias but it's like can we be a little bit smarter here with the power rankings but I mean yeah, at least we're not Toronto. I if I was if I was Steve Dangle, I would I would just be like just burying just bury my phone somewhere and not look at Twitter for like a couple of weeks after constant like blown lead after blown lead after blown lead. It's like, geez, it's like just to have the mental capacity to be a Maple Leafs fan, you gotta give them props for at least you know trying to get through that because
2: oh yeah. It was- you know, they haven't won anything since, you know, my grandfather was in Vietnam, so it's impressive <laughs> that they got that diehard fan base still.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, when it's like you haven't won since Color TV started, and it's like you still, there was like so only was like six teams in the league and stuff like that. It's like it's just rough. So, yeah, at least we're not talking about Toronto, but so Thursday – so last night, thankfully, the Hurricanes had to come back in that game, but they did, and – it was it was funny because it was like two one, like it's two-nothing. Carolina just scores to make it two one. Then a few seconds later, Buffalo makes it three-one. You're like, all right, here we go again. It just feels like Tuesday night. Like, no matter what Carolina did, Buffalo's like, all right, we're gonna score right back. And it's like, come on, man, really? Like, can we just get like one goal where the other team doesn't score right away against us? But I think that
2: was a good gut check kind of game because, you know, you're coming off of a pretty bad loss and you're at home and obviously you want to, they're saying like the, the uh, poster interviews, you know, you don't want to, you want your fans to be loud and all that.
1: Oh yeah, for Um, sure.
2: So immediately giving up pretty much two goals at your first two shots, you know, that's, that's not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was um that was something. Is like you used, like like Tuesday's game. They start hot. They're getting a lot of the shots, in, and then Buffalo Bears in the two on the first two. So you're like, oh, it's gonna be one of those games. <laughs> and then like I said, Carolina scores, make a two one, and then they make a three one immediately. You're like, oh, it's really gonna be one of those games where it's like it's gonna be greasy to get like a comeback, and they did. And thankfully, Carolina because because they, they said before going into this game all Carolina to do was that they had to win. It didn't matter how they did it. They just needed to win that game. Thankfully they did. Right. <laughs> Thankfully they did. And they clinched the playoffs for the fourth time in the last four years. Like it's, it makes the nine years that we had worth it because the last nine before that was rough. Like we have like I called it the dark ages of Carolina Hurricanes hockey where it's like you really don't want to remember very much of it because it was just like, what are we doing here? But now it's like ever since Rod Burnham has become head coach, like this Hurricanes team was getting on a complete 180, and it's like they, it seems like they've gotten better every single year since Rod oh, took over. Sure.
2: And Because, uh, you know, this is the second playoffs I'll be able to actually watch, not just kind of hear about it. Yeah right. Because um, I was either training or deployed for the other ones. Um right. But uh, but no, I mean definitely like because every year because you know these kind of expectations as well. You know, saying holy smokes, we made the playoffs. Like you know that was kind of almost the victory in of itself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but now it's it kind
2: of like, well, finally we made the playoffs. You know, but now we got to win the cup. Yeah. Um. So I just, yeah, you know, four years. I mean. Maybe for a sports team, it's kind of a long time, but for anyone else, it's really not. So just to have that transition that fast and be that good, that's really good for the Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, it really is because you go through, you know, the head coaches you had during that time, you know, the roster's kind of up and down. Like, you have a couple of guys, you you have, like, you know, Brett Pesci kind of there. You had, like, you know, Jacob Slavin, Sebastian Ajo for a little bit, and then it's like, The rest of the roster, you know, Elias Lindholm, he's trying –
0: When you want to jumpstart your morning with an exciting new recipe, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients without all the prep. Choose from an ever-changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family-friendly options, WW Recommended, and more. Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com slash blueculinary.
1: It, it's a. you look at the roster during that time, it was tough. And then you finally get, you know, you get Mrazic, you get, you know, all these guys and you get Rod Burnham in as your head coach, then all of a sudden Carolina just turns it around where it's like, okay, now you got four playoff appearances in the four years that he's been coaching. And it seems like the expectations every year get higher. And then the fact that this year they did it again, you know, and the fact that too, is I've the, all This year I've been harking on Twitter and I've been saying on the podcast, this team has the 2005-06 Hurricanes vibes. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah, they didn't go into the trade deadline like how they did in 05-06 and that kind of made everyone nervous. Like, okay, do we really have the team to do it? And for me, it's like, well, I think they do because you look at that team from 2005 and 06, you had to add talent to that team to make it a Stanley Cup team. Like, they were good but you still needed some pieces. And I think for this year, this team, you didn't really have to do a whole lot to get more pieces. There wasn't a lot of question marks on this team. It's just injuries at the wrong time. You know, with Tony D'Angelo right. going I out, Kaka going out, it's like Ethan Bear's been out.
2: I think like the start of the season, there's a lot of kind of question marks. It's like, oh, is Bronta and Anderson going to be healthy enough? Yeah. Because you know, they were kind of – being abused by their former teams, just the amount of workload. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I was always happy with the Bear, uh, getting trading for Bear. Because uh, I like Fogle, but at the same time, did he bring something that somebody else can't?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I like Fogle, too. And, I mean, even with Hayden Flurry and all that, too, like, they were good. But, it's like, I think, you know, Ian Cole's been – Ian Cole's been good for the Hurricanes. Her Brandon Smith has been up and down this year. But, I mean, I think the defense was still good. Now, a lot of people – a lot there's still a lot of like feeling mixed feelings on tony d'angelo for me i wasn't really happy with the signing still really not because just how he is yeah he's getting points on the ice but at the same time it's kind of like that still feels kind of weird and how that happened but i i know it's like a mixed reaction with the hurricanes fan base when it comes to you know tony d'angelo and yeah i I kind of
2: my stance on that is kind of i'm not the one working with him yeah. So if the team can work with him, I mean, that's ultimately what they should decide is saying, hey, do I want to work with this person? Or is he, is he going to contribute positively to this team? Um, that's kind of their issue. Now, As a fan, I understand if you didn't want to watch him anymore or anything like that. Um, yeah. But well, I wasn't there for any of the conversations they had with him beforehand or – yeah. And again, like, I'm not working with him, so I don't know him personally. <laughs> yeah, So I don't want
1: to. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, it is what it is. It's, yeah, you cannot like that move and not really, you know, talk about him, but you still watch the games and stuff like that. And I, you know, I thing it's kind of like what me and a lot of other people do. I think you're probably the same way where it's like, oh, Tony D'Angelo did something cool, but then you focus on the other guys. And that's kind of where I've been on. Is that I'm only, I mainly focus on the rest of the team and like, oh, if he does, like if Tony D'Angelo does something, like if he got an assist or a goal, it's like, okay, he scored or he got an assist, but that's about it. Like, I don't go into great detail about it. So, but I mean, with the rest of the roster, though, I mean, you know, they get Max Domi. So far, so good, I guess. I mean, I haven't really, you know, it was kind of like we all knew it was the depth move. It wasn't like a world beating. Oh, he's going to come onto this team and start lighting the lamp. Like, that's not really what right. kind of I think, expected.
2: I think that was a pretty underrated depth move because I remember he was touted pretty highly for like even getting picked up with by uh, Seattle because I believe he was exposed.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, and yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Max Dummy. I like his game. It's just like, yeah, it was, People weren't like they were hoping for like a Claude Giroux move or, you know, getting a klingberg or going out and like getting a superstar it's like that's not what this team is looking to go for plus they're kind of at the cap like you're not gonna you're not gonna
2: go had like a million dollars you know what are you gonna do yeah i mean sure you can push for someone like drew or um uh, who's the seattle captain
1: Uh, oh uh, giordano and all that yeah yeah
2: yeah like you know toronto immediately snatched him up i mean you can make moves like that but who are you going to give up on the Hurricanes roster for that? Because he's going to take a roster spot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing with the Hurricanes, there was all they really did was move two prospects that weren't even signed to ELCs. And that's all, you're, you're, all you did was trade rights away. And I think maybe a pick, if that. So, like, they really didn't give up a whole lot for Max Domi. And they had Florida take, like, half of his salary from Columbus. And then they retained the other half. So, you're paying them, like, half of a half. So it's like paying for like a third of his contract to, to make it work. Yeah, that's
2: some, that's some street wizardry right there. They did, especially yeah, if the d-
1: Panthers wanted to take salary. Yeah, right. Exactly. In the, yeah, because the fact, I think, because they had because they think they got a pick and a prospect from the Hurricanes just to get that contract to take the half. And then I think all Columbus got was rights to, a pl- uh, rights to the defenseman. And that's all they got out of it. And they retained half of Domi's salary. So the fact that like, I think it's definitely an underrated depth move that people aren't really talking about. So, I mean, I have nothing wrong. I have no problem with Max Domi. I mean, he's been playing fine. It's just, I don't really know what people are expecting with the hurricanes at the deadline going, Oh, we need to go and get this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. It's like, well, you got to make it work with the cap and Donald Dell said forever, right? We're not going to go trade for a, a rental. That's going to, you know, blow the bank and, you know, blow up the farm system. Like, there's enough depth in Chicago. You really don't need to go get players because guys down there have proven that this team can win. Even with guys hurt and we had to bring guys up. I mean, you saw it like during that streak. Yeah. yeah. During that streak we had, like how many guys we have up from Chicago. We had like what Noison, jury Chatfield. I mean, Levo, like we had like what five or six Chicago guys up there. Yeah, it's around like five or six. You know? Yeah. And they were, and they were still winning games. Like I, I really, and I've been trying to, and I've been saying this for so long. It's like, yeah, you want to get established guys, but if your farm system is still producing the way they are, I don't really see a need to go and trade away all your good prospects just to get a rental for maybe a season. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like you got, like, yeah, you want to win now, but you also got to think of the long term. and for the fact that you still pretty much kept everyone from Chicago, all the good guys, and you still got jury, you still got Noahson. You still got Podralski. You still have all these guys. Like, we can, we can use them in the future. Like, we don't have to, like, go get big-name guys to go win a cup. Right, I mean,
2: I mean, if anything, I mean, the Wolves got even scarier because, you know, they added quite a few uh, prospects, you know, like Gundler is there, Ponomarov, uh, I think is how you say it. Yeah. Uh, they got Egress for free.
1: Yeah, um, and they they also brought, they also brought Kachkov over from Russia, and he's automatically going seven and one with a, a sub one f- one point five goals against in like nine games or something like that. Like, and they and they got Lafontaine too. We had, like four really good goalies down there in Chicago. Like, what are you what are you gonna do with all these goalies? Right,
2: I think Kachkov just kind of stole the show lately. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> He hasn't lost in regulation yet. You know, knock on wood somewhere. Um, <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> but it's just kind of scary that like he's twenty one, I think, and he's already performing at that. I know it's a small sample, but he's already performing at that level in North America, and yeah. you can tell there's some parts of the game he doesn't fully understand yet because it's just different from the KHL. Oh, That's something yeah. bad, but because he didn't know what the shootout like, how to do the shootout in North America. Yeah, but then he just goes and you know that's his only quote unquote loss, but it was after stopping like six goals. So
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I think the ice is a little bit different to like ice size wise compared from the KHL to what the you know we do here stateside in North America in general. It's just yeah, the fact he came in there and just played the way he did. It's just it shows how good Chicago is, and the fact that and going like I said, going back to this team, it's like yeah, you want to make moves, but you want to make the right ones because you have a team that just clinched like their second ever hundred point season in franchise history. Like they never did it in Hartford. And the only other time they've hit a hundred points was when they won the cup in 2005 and 2006. And they finished with 112 points. So it's kind of like you want to get better, but you also don't want to ruin what this team's already done this year.
2: Oh yeah. Like if they're saying, Hey, we'll take, you know, a fifth round for, Robertson or something like that. Yeah, of course you take that.
1: Yeah, of course. It's, but no,
2: nah, if they're saying, "Hey, we want Naitchis and Trocheck and uh, you know, someone else for this rental player," like no, because that's just gonna blow up what you have.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I understand, you know, Martin Naitchis is kind of like he has his like his. He's he's a very streaky player. I get that, but when he's on, he's pretty much on, and he's fast. Like. It's for me, it's not always like, are you showing up on the score sheet? It's mostly like, are you doing your job? And that's what Rod Brentmore has even said about Jordan Stall, Like, yeah, Jordan Stall isn't lighting the lamp every, you know, every week, but he's still doing the things that, you know, that you want to see out of your captain because he's still winning face-offs. He's still blocking shots. He's still throwing hits. He's doing his job. Like pucks aren't getting in the net. So like, I understand stats drive a lot of things, but at the same time, it's like, how are you fitting in the system? Are you making the system work? Are you making you know the special teams good? Are you making the rest of the guys good? So it's for me, it's like, are they doing their job? And that's how that's how I think people need to start seeing hockey a little bit more, especially with guys like Martin Nietzsche, who's not scoring a ton, or like, you know, Jordan Martinuk or you know, Derek Stepan. It's like you don't need to be, you know, (laughs) you don't need to be Austin Matthews and scoring like fifty six goals a season. Like as long as you fit in the system, you should be fine.
2: Right. And, you know, big picture, you know, it kind of gets lost if you're watching every single game, you know, oh, this guy hasn't scored in a while, but, you know, big picture altogether, they've got a hundred point season
1: and they still have uh, like a couple of games left <laughs> at yeah, least I, for the regular season. I think they got like, a, like, I think 11 games. Cause I think, more, I think they just played, I think they just played their 71st game. Yeah, they just played their second first game. Yes, yeah, so we got 11 games left, and you just hit 100 points. Yeah, Toronto. I mean, I know New York is like two points back, but I mean, we do have a game in hand on them. So you can still increase your lead. And Pittsburgh is at 92. So, I mean, right over the Hurricane City, is it, mostly just between them and the Rangers for the division at this point, but they have a game in hand. So, yeah, like, yeah, if you're watching every game, like, you know, you, me, and everyone else on, on Hurricane's Twitter does yeah, you're going to start notice when guys aren't producing and stuff like that, too, which I think you also got to take that, you know, like what you said, big picture aspect of, oh, you know what, you know, it's not them putting points on the stat sheet and stuff like that. like, are they doing their job? Are they not, you know, giving away pucks all the time? Are they not blowing assignments? Are they not, you know, being sloppy and stuff like that? Yeah, you'll see that because, I mean, you can't be on your game all the time, but, I think ganger of this guy, this guy, that guy, and that guy, I don't think it's kind of the way to go, especially like you said, we have we have a 100 point season with 11 games left. You win six of those of the next 11, you match the 506 point total. So I mean, I could probably I could potentially see this season being the best point season for the hurricanes ever. Like I see them at least getting I'd say I want to say like 114. 116 at the most. And that's if they win eight of the next 11. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's so, possible. It's yeah, it's doable. I mean, they started nine and zero this season. So I mean, anything, right. is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. So it's like, I don't, I'm not really worried about this roster. And that's like going back to the original point of like, this team has got, a, I know you've probably seen, I know other people say it too, like this team has the 05, 06 vibes of just how good this team is.
2: Yeah, and you know I have to kind of defer to the uh, the older fans' judgment for that one because you know I was a bit young. I do remember some of it, yeah, but uh, I was obviously pretty young then. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think I was just yeah I think I just started high school like right when it was like the summer before I started my freshman year of high school, and they won the Stanley Cup. So that's how, like that's where I was at. Like I remember a lot of it because I was actually at that game when they won it. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely when you look back at that team from that year, and especially if you, you know, if you have, like, the Stanley Cup DVDs or you've seen it on YouTube or whatever, you talk about that team, you can kind of get that sense of, okay, this team is really good and you don't have to add all the pieces like a Mark Reckey or a Doug Waite, you know, you get Eric Cole back for the playoffs, you know. Cam Ward comes out of nowhere and just steals the playoffs, you know, when you got, you know, Martin Gerber. Also in net too. So it's, and then, you know, a young Eric Stahl, like <laughs> it's crazy to think back to that team. When you look at this team now, it may, it almost makes you wonder, like let's hypothetically, let's hypothetically just say the hurricanes do go and win the whole thing, you know, knock on wood, cross our fingers. Let's hope it happens. Would, is there a possibility that we might be talking about probably one of the top three hurricanes teams of all time, Maybe better than the 05 06 team, maybe. Like, if they do win it, do we have that conversation of maybe this being the best Hurricanes team we've ever seen?
2: I would say, yeah. It's just, you know, kind of for the fact that how much more like skills based the game has gotten. You know, you see guys like, you know, Ahu, Sveshnikov, Slavin, you know. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you know, from, 2005, 2006 to now, I mean, the game has changed quite a bit. And I think, like I say, just have the Hurricanes, just how good they have gotten so fast <laughs> from the, you know, like a 2018 season even, where it used to be like, hey, we finally – we actually made the playoffs, you know, after <laughs> nine, ten years. Yeah. To so now where it's like, yes, yeah, so finally we got the playoffs. You know, we finally clinched, so let's go finish up these games and go win.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, yeah and
2: even if you look at like cam ward saying coming out of nowhere let's hope we don't have a situation like that again <laughs> i think this team's a lot more confidently established
1: yeah and i would say it's like cam Ward came out of nowhere like he he did play well for most of the season i mean you know but martin gerber played really well too and then just you know cam ward just got hot so it wasn't like a, it wasn't a knock against martin gerber or like oh it's you know confidence and stuff like that it's just it somehow just clicked for Cam just to you know go you know super God mode in the playoffs that season and you know start winning a bunch of games against you know you got the Sabers you got you know the the Devils and all that so I mean it's one of those things where it's just it was perfect timing for Cam Ward to you know, you know step up when he did I mean with how Freddie Anderson's been and how Antti Rant has been on year your, you're not really worried about goaltending it's just you have to make sure that the defense is still stays sound. And the offense does what the offense does and score goals, and you know you're not you know having to rely on the SAT line or a combination of that line and your second line, and hopefully someone down on the fourth, well, the quote unquote fourth line does something. Because for me, this Hurricanes team doesn't really have a, a one, two, three, four. It's just they have four lines of guys coming at you, and I think that's just how this team is built.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of almost a unique thing that other teams are trying to pick up on, saying, like, oh, the, like the fourth bruiser line, you know, is kind of, you know, they're just kind of going to the wayside. And that's just how the game changes. I mean, but even it was like, oh, you know, why is Cookie Namie still on the fourth line? Well, that's just because that's the only place he has a spot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you unfortunately, look
2: at those- I mean, I wish he'd played, you know, up on the second line or for or your first line, you know, give him a chance there. But who are you going to bump down?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's, he's yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, because you have Vincent Trochek as your two C. You've got Jordan Stuller as your three C. And Cockney M is good as a center, so you can't bump one of those two guys. Really can't put him on the wing because you got Seth. Because you got Svechikov and Tara Vinan. either both on the first line or one of them are on the second line. You got Seth Jarvis, you know, you got, you know, Martin Nietzsche. you got all like, you know, we just got Max Domi. Martin Hood does really good when he's there. Derek Stepan is also good when he's playing as well. And, you know, Stephen Lawrence, like, yeah, like you said, like where you can't really put, where do you put Cockney Emmy? You put him on a wing, but you're losing a, you're losing a guy who's really good at center and you can't put him on the second line because then you got either move Trocek down or Jordan stalled down and both of those guys aren't a uh, fourth line, you know, air quote, fourth line guys. So it's like, yeah, it's unfortunate where he's at, but the fact that he's got the most points ever in his career with fourth line minutes really says something because think about how dangerous he's going to be next year as a possible two C behind Ajo. And he's going oh, yeah. to be on a line with like Seth Jarvis and maybe Martin Nietzsche or a combination of those guys or whoever they bring back next year. I'm excited to see what Cockney Emmy does because we got him for eight more years. Right. Next I mean, that's the season. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. We got, we got him and Sveshnikov for eight years. Just kind of oh. watch see what they can do.
1: Yeah. It really makes you wonder whose Jersey do you want to get next? Do you want Sveshnikovs or do you want Cockney Emmy? Cause they're going to be here for a while. So it's like, who do you really get?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've already got a Sveshnikov one. Oh, well, uh, It's you. a Whalers one. So, I mean, I mean, if they have a good sale, I'll get a Cockney Emmy one.
1: Yeah. Right. You know, and that's how it is. Like for me, I have a, I have a slave in an Ajo and for me, it's like, who do I get next? Do I get Svechikov or do I get cock and Yammer? Do I get Seth Jarvis or, you know, if they've re-signed Freddie for a longer deal, because we got Freddie Anderson for another season, could get a Freddie Anderson jersey. Like, that's the good thing about this team is there's so many good players. There's really not a bad choice for a Jersey. I'm hoping they bring Nito Nito Rider back because we need him. <laughs> in my opinion, we need Nito Nita Rider. Like you, yeah, you, you I, do need him on that second line.
2: Yeah, personal preference. I think he would be happy staying here. It seems uh, like it. Well, I know game. him and Trochek, you know, there's gonna be some teams that are gonna be like, give him a doggy deal.
1: Yeah, it's, where
2: the Hurricanes are just to be like, no, we're not paying that.
1: Yeah, it's like, so, hey, we, it's like, hey, we could pay you about the same or a little bit less if you're okay with taking a hometown discount and running this back next year. I think if it's either an Easter Conference final appearance or Stanley cup final appearance and maybe a, a, a cup title, like, and then like, Hey, we want you to come back, but are you okay with taking the exact same contract or maybe a little bit less, but running back next year? I think if they have a really good playoff success, I do think that might be a like, okay, we'll stay, take a little bit less and run it back. So I think this postseason really is indicative of like how it's going to happen for, for this team. Yeah. Cause I, of course back.
2: I'd be happy to see him welcome back. But yeah. I'm gonna temper those expectations a bit because you know <laughs> you never know. Last offseason was a lot of people left, and this the new the team for this season was a lot different. Yeah, though, for
1: sure. yeah for sure. But I mean, as long as I keep Nino, I'm, I'll be I'll be happy with that. As long as we try to find a way to keep Nino, that'll be nice. So I don't know. We'll see. But you know, for the fact that the Hurricanes clinched, it's amazing to see 100 points again for like the second time ever. It's it, it makes you feel good it's like all right we're in good hands you know rod's here for a little bit longer got the rest of the staff here for a while and the fact that this team is pretty much good to go for the rest of this year and next year and just fitting on some contracts there's not a lot of con there's not a lot of guys that are really gonna leave next year because we have a few rfas and maybe like i think like four or five ufas so it's not not like a, a total overhaul for this team where you're not like Arizona where you have four guys signed next year. So right. at least we got that. All right. So getting into the later, later portion of the show, uh, you ready for some fan questions? Sure. All right. So let's see, going the fan questions. Oh, wait, Eric, you're not there. So sorry. I can't answer your question this week, <laughs> <laughs> but we do have one for Bailey Curtis. She's been, you know, another like you, OG, day one from the from the rip uh, asking questions every week she does ask regarding playoffs which team do you guys think would be your ideal first round matchup and who you got in the stanley cup final so eric i'll turn it over to you who do you want to see in the first round and who do you got in the stanley cup final
2: hmm. well i mean ideally i'd want someone like the red wings or something like that you know <laughs> team can be pretty easy to dominate but i i mean, i it's going to either be Boston or the lightning i'm assuming
1: yeah i think as of and, right, yeah i think as of right now i think it's like boston and toronto are going to be facing each other if they ended like yesterday
2: <laughs> right and no that might change a bit cuz i think boston and lightning are chasing each other for points
1: yeah um
2: yeah, i mean obviously i have reservations about both because both have beaten the hurricanes in the past in the playoffs but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, the hurricanes, you know, when the playoffs hit, you know, they gotta go out and earn it at some point.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So wishing for an easy team, would be nice, but you know, yeah. They gotta they gotta earn it. For finals, I mean, I would love to see a hurricanes avalanche matchup. Oh, that would be especially if they did kind of like a throwback night. So you yeah, had like the Whalers versus Nordiques, you know, oh, it's just
1: man free marketing right there oh right? yeah you, you kind of have to but yeah i I've, I've been predicting avalanche hurricanes all season because i would just love to have that like two really high potent offenses against really along with like two really good defenses goaltending goaltending is still it's still gonna be an interesting matchup with the fact you got darcy who has been playing really well but you also got freddie anderson in that and then you gotta look at your backups too like ken Francois do really good on a, on a night like you might see anti So, if they do play. So, I think Carolina-Colorado would be an interesting matchup. So, so are you saying, would you rather have... So, for the first, are you saying you would rather have Boston or would you rather have... who Like, who would you... Like, out of the team... Because the East is pretty much locked up. It's like, who right. would you um, say? Who would you, who would you pick for your first round, ideally? That's kind of... I'd probably say... I mean, for... I think they kind of figured out
2: Boston. So that'd be an interesting one. So probably lean towards that. What if it's the lightning? You know, you can't go, ah, well, you know, that sucks. And then you got to go out and win it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and like I say, I'll be okay with either one of those at the end of the day because their games either have it or they don't.
1: Yeah, because I think right now as they stand, I think in terms of the wild card, I think from you know, the NHL app, I think, yeah, so right now Carolina is the one, and then it'd be Washington, because Tampa is the first wild card spot, and they're tied with, with tied with Boston. So it really depends on with how it goes with the Rangers, because if Carolina gets the second seed, you know in the division they're playing Pittsburgh, but if they still get, you know first in the division, but then of course Florida is about four points ahead. So right now, technically Carolina is matched up against Tampa. So. I would love to, I wanted to say, cause last week I did say Toronto because that'd be a great matchup just to have like Freddie's former team against him in the first round. But for the fact that Toronto has played one more game than Boston, but it is like five points ahead of him. I don't see that very much happening anymore, which kind of stinks. I would love to have a Toronto Carolina first round because That's I great. have, I have thrown so much shade to the Maple Leafs this year. <laughs> I, I would love to. I would love to see that happen, but I don't. So yeah, because as of right now, if it did end, it would be Carolina-Tampa. I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be too upset about that. But I kind of want to see them play Boston and like exercise those playoff demons and get rid of them early. And just because build it off what they did this regular season, like you said, this regular season, like they gave up one goal, they gave up one goal all regular season. I know it's totally different compared to the playoffs, but. I think Carolina Boston would be a great first round just to, you know, like I said, exercise those playoff demons against the Bruins right. and knock them out early. Say, so could be a lot of relief to Tampa, to Toronto fans. Like, oh, great. We don't have to play Boston in the first round. <laughs> Let Carolina take care of them. But yeah, I think depending on how Florida does, I think Florida is going to take the top spot in the East. So I do see Carolina possibly taking whoever the, um, first division the first wildcard team is so it's pretty much gonna be either tampa or boston so i'm i'm gonna lean towards boston just for the storylines alone because you know prius against the lamborghini and you know escrow against one of the original sixes so many storylines from that series it would be fun pretty good yeah yeah but then of course yeah i agree with you carolina colorado that'd be that'd be a great playoff like great stanley cup final like you kind of just have to at that point it would be so much fun. So I'm definitely, definitely interested in, in that for sure. Uh, so Bailey, thank you for your question. As always, that was a really good one. Um, another one we have is from home ice advantage. Those guys have been, you know, another hurricanes podcast that have been, you know, uh, pretty much from the start supporters as well. Uh, they did talk. I know you mentioned it before the show about uh, they're like, I wanted, I want an hour long breakdown of the black Short situation, both home and away. We kind of already talked about it. It was a weird situation. Luckily, the second time they did it, they won. So I guess the I guess the black helmet, red jersey, black shorts combo isn't too bad because it clinched in them. So I guess right. I, I guess that jersey combo works. But yeah, like you said, it was just something they wanted to try to do because maybe possibly play with a possible combination next year, or you know just have fun with it. So I don't mind it because they did something, but it's still kind of like. What? (laughs) Why are we going? Like, if I'm thinking of the black pants, I'm thinking just the all black thirds. So,
2: yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, go ahead and let them be kind of weird. You know, they're playing a really long season of 82 games for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably going to get really dull just wearing the same things over and over again. So, oh, yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, yeah. Plus, we're talking about the Carolina Hurricanes here. You know, their social media team is great the guys are great in the like. This team's already good. Why not have a little fun with it? And also the expense of, you know, just having watching Carolina her Carolina, you know, Twitter, just go absolutely nuts over, over a Jersey combo that you would just never saw coming at the beginning of the season. So like you said, yeah, I mean, have a good. little fun with it. You know,
2: it's kind of smart, you know, cause you know, they started wearing it kind of on a downturn of their season, though, a couple of losses, all of a sudden they're wearing something really weird. Yeah, Now all of a sudden we're talking about them again, like wondering what's going on. So there's just a lot of fan engagement going on.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like it's like someone's playing the long game and it's just like, ah, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> got, got to make it fun and interesting. But yeah, so yeah, sorry, home ice. We didn't have an hour long discussion because I don't think I could talk about that for an hour, but it definitely was an interesting conversation to be like, hey, we got black pants with the road and the home jerseys and they're not thirds. I'm curious if they're gonna. I wonder if they're teasing us about the, Stadium Series jerseys next year possibly. Who wrote? Uh, I didn't think about that. That's pretty smart. No, I did. Be honest, something there. Yeah, honestly though, I did see one where they did like a gray, like a gray silver alter, like a like a, a Stadium Series concept jersey where it was like a gray silver jersey, maybe that with the black pants. I wouldn't be upset by that. I want not I want to mind a gray silver jersey from the Hurricanes that's technically our third color, fourth color, I guess. If you, I, because I know we're like we're black, white, and red, but we we've always seen silver, in some of the accents I too. So
2: I think they wore that for the. It was like a white and silver one for the. Um, uh, having to draw a blank, the uh, like the skills competition and stuff
1: like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at the old 0506 jerseys, or even the jerseys before the weird Detroit Red Wings weird collar, like you know the ones we had before the recent ones we had, like during that weird Bill Pearson era, where it was like they look like knockoff Red Wings jerseys, like the ones before that where they had like had like the the warning flags on the on the shoulders and stuff like that, like they had a lot of silver in those, so I wouldn't mind a silver slash gray jersey so maybe they're trying to like tease us with maybe possible ideas for a stadium series jersey next year
2: i, don't yeah, know. I mean if they wear gray too that kind of goes hand in hand with the wolves who you know their alternate is the storm gray you know kind of well, as th- a home those loss to the hurricanes
1: affiliation those are so clean though like let's be honest those those chicago wolves silver jerseys those things are so nice like i i, oh, did yeah, I had to buy one you know i loved it <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, the, the game I was at for the when I was there for the Canadians game before the before it became 2022, like I think it was when they won 4-0. It was anti-ranta that night. I saw someone wearing a Seth Jarvis Chicago Wolves jersey, like a second, like then the like in the lower bowl from where I was sitting. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty sick because it was it was the Storm Grays. Those those ones were nice with with Seth on the back. Just a phenomenal choice, oh, yeah. phenomenal choice for a jersey. All right. So, uh, so from the Bleacher Connection podcast, another, uh, you know, another podcast here at Belly up. Uh, they asked the question of watching Elias Lindholm have so much success in Calgary. Do Kings fans feel like he might have been the one that got away? Um, <sighs> You know, Eric, I'm going to defer this question to you. Cause I answered the last one. How do you feel about Elias Lindholm? And do you think like that he's a guy that kind of gotten away from Carolina or like, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really get a chance to watch him play. I know he was here for a few years before they traded him. Um, but you know, there's a lot of different reasons why a player will get traded, and if he wasn't necessarily fitting in here, you know, you look at guys like Holland or Folk, You know, yeah. they're doing all right too, wherever yeah. they're at. Um, to say he kind of was the one that got away. I, I think it's kind of like – it's kind of like a what-if scenario. Yeah. But if you kind of look at what you got out of him, you know, he had a few good years with Dougie Hamilton. Uh, pretty sure he is, the picks they got – eventually got from that trade turned into Gundler and Kochenko. So, yeah. both really, really good players. Um, and to be honest, you know, the uh, – if Lynn was still here, would he still, would he be performing at that level or would he kind of, you know, fall into the wayside or even playing for the wolves? Cause you know, you look at the guys playing for the wolves any other team, they'd be playing NHL right now, there's just not a spot for him.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. And like at the time when he was here, it, a lot of his time was before Rod Burnmore was head coach. So yeah, you could say, Oh, well, he never going to play with our, you know, with Rod and, you know, wasn't really given a chance with this roster is now because he went through a lot with Bill Peters and all that around the time where the team wasn't really doing anything. He was kind of struggling, and I get that. But you look at the prospect, like you said, the prospects we got, great picks. You know, it it stinks to the fact that you don't have Lindholm right now, but that's a that's a what that's a massive what if situation of. Yeah. Could he have done something here? Or like you said, would he be in Chicago right now? Or they've traded him a lot sooner because it's clicking for him in Calgary, but it's taken him to this season for him. Really? To, Cause even now, like he really, he's really been good this season. I wouldn't even say last year, where, like he wasn't like, you know, off the charts killing it like he is now. Like I think this is the year he kind of really popped off. So even then, if he was still in Carolina, what do you have, would you have seen it, the success that he has right now when Rod, Rod, when Rod took over the team? I don't know that because he wasn't here for that. So even then, it still took him a couple of years to get really good in, in Calgary. So,
2: yeah, I think we did, I, you know, the team has done a good enough job kind of saying, hey, let's get your spirit cookie name because, you know, when the office happened, a lot of guys like, why are you paying him
0: 6.1 million dollars?
1: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at Oh, uh,
2: But now, like you say, he's had his highest point season so far. You know, yeah. it's fortunate he got hurt, but you can't really predict someone who's going to get hurt. No. Um, and you got him for eight years, and he's really happy here. So I think if Winhome was the one that got away, I think they've done a good enough job replacing him. <laughs> the
1: people went, yeah. Yeah, same, and then, and that's and – I totally agree with you there because, like, yeah, you had to pick up the a little bit because it's an offer sheet. You have to you know, make sure the other team is to match it, but then you look at his contract now, it's relatively great for how long they have him for. So, like, you're dropping a good, like, two percentage in the salary cap hit for next season. Like, he's got a lesser hit money-wise and taking a portion of your cap space, so it wasn't really that bad. Plus, you're talking about, you know, you also have Seth Jarvis. You also got, you know – we got Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask of all guys. You go get Vincent Trocek, you know, you get all these other guys. So it's like, if he's the one that got, like you said, he's the one that got away. I'm not too totally, terribly upset for the fact of how Don Waddell set up this team where it's, you're kind of like, yeah, you could, yeah, you could put him on this team, but where do you actually, where you actually put him at? Because, you know, Jordan Martinuk is good at what he does. Derek Stepon, good at what he does. And, you know, Nino. Vincent, you know, Trochek, you know, Jordan Stahl, like the, the SAT line when they're together, like, where, like where would you put Lindell and where would you put it? Where did you put everyone else? Cause there's all a lot of the, what the guys do now is what making, what's making this team good. So yeah, if Elias is the one that got away, it stinks, but <laughs> I think we're doing pretty good for right now <laughs> without this. Yeah. You know, up. it's
2: like, Oh no can't watch him, but I got Jarvis here, you know, he's 20 years old and destroying yeah. the NHL already like, Oh geez. Yeah.
1: terrible. Yeah. Oh no. What are we going to do? <laughs> we yeah. Do, we, we, we got just Barry cook in the Emmy and, uh, you know, we have like the second and third overall picks from the same draft for relatively good contracts for the next eight years each. Oh no. What are we going to do? So yeah. I no. Mean, oh, yeah. Trevor from bleacher connection. Appreciate your question. He did send another one too. Um, what is, you know, what's his co-host Ken and the rest of Vancouver Canucks nation supposed to do when the, when it's time to come watch the playoffs. So the Canucks aren't necessarily eliminated from the playoffs yet, but if they are going to be eliminated soon, I mean, you can watch the hurricanes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Watch a fun team play some great playoff hockey, you know, at least you don't have to watch the Canucks get eliminated early, I guess. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, Nothing wrong with watching the Hurricanes a little bit. I mean, why not, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, or, you know, if you're kind of a new fan, even kind of do what I did and just kind of watch all of the games and just learn to see, like, hey, this is what makes a team playoff caliber or what doesn't. And then with that knowledge, you can kind of look at the next season for your, the team that you watch predominantly and be like, okay, do they have it? Do they not? Yeah. And it's just use it as a learning experience for yourself. Cause, yeah, you we know, right. starting out hockey. I was like, "What the hell is the playoffs?" Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right for sure. And luckily, you're in Carol. You're in Carolina too. So I mean, it's kind of you know, it's not that hard to go pick a team. So I mean, but I mean, everyone's got their preference on where they, where they, their allegiances are at. Cause, I mean, I'm from Ohio, and I'm a Hurricanes and a Blackhawks fan, and that was at the same time I was six. So it's just kind of easy to go like, "Oh, I like these teams. I'll just go follow them." So yeah, like right. you said, yeah. You know,
2: I say my stepdad was a OG Whalers fan up in Connecticut, so that's kind of where my yeah. my knowledge comes from with the Hurricanes because he would be yeah. the one to take me to the games when I was a kid and all that.
1: Yeah, so the, yeah, so I mean, yeah, like you said, if you're a new fan, why not watch them? You know, watch all the playoffs and just enjoy it. And then if you like a team, go pick them. And you know, Carolina's not a bad choice. You know, we got Rod Brendamore, we got Sebastian Aho, <laughs> Andre. <laughs> Mr. Sveshnikov, you know we we have, a, we have a pretty good team. You know Jacob Slavin, Brett pash you know those guys. You know why not go with Carolina? Let's just have some fun. Plus, we have a really good social media team. They're really fun. Got to shout out. gosh, shout out those guys.
2: You know. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. This team is just fun all around. You know, on yeah. the ice. You know, they're very fun to watch. You know, off ice, you're saying the social media team is really good. Yeah. And you know, the players are pretty personable. You know, they they talk about stuff that you oh, usually yeah. don't hear from like interviews and all that.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, Hey, how like how are you going to know that like Seth Jarvis likes to go eat, you know, just Cock and the tacos, you know, cause he makes really killer tacos and stuff like that. Or, you know, you got, you know, Seth hanging out with the fit, all the fins and just learning Finnish because <laughs> they reset all of his stuff to Finnish And he's trying to learn how to like switch all of his stuff back to English. Like, how can you not love that?
2: Yeah. It just, you know, and, you know like just learn where they like to go play golf you're like oh i know where that's at you know it's like yeah you know, i've driven by there before it's like oh so you know it's good to know they actually like enjoy being here yeah and right. are actually living here
1: yeah exactly because rod lives here you know he, i know he lives in raleigh pretty much all year round i think a lot of other guys too because they just love the area and they want to be there so i mean you know jacob slave and all those you know everyone else it's like And the fact that even Trasperis even said it too, like he found he refound his love for hockey being in Carolina. So that really tells you how great the triangle alone is just is for the fact that you want to be in Carolina, even during the off season, because it's just, it's just a great place to be at. So there you go. If you want to find a good team, pick Carolina because we're fun and we have good barbecue. So (laughs) there you go. All right, so the last question comes from Chicago Tomahawk, a really good bunch of guys over there. I've been on their show before talking, you know, Blackhawks and Hurricanes and stuff. I know they want me to come back on when the playoffs start, so that's going to be another fun conversation. But uh, they ask, are you nervous about Freddie in the playoffs? I know he took a lot of heat with his playoff performances over his career, but I believe he's on the best complete team since the 2005 Ducks. Just want to hear your thoughts on him. I've been saying this a lot this offseason. Yeah, he's had some playoff struggles, but if you look at his regular season stats this year, it's insane. Uh, Like top five in pretty much every, I think it's like top three in almost every goalie category, and let's be honest too, like it's the team in front of him that counts because, and I've said this to a lot of other people, yeah, he's struggling in the playoffs, especially against Boston and stuff like that, but look at the teams in front of him. Toronto's really never had a great defense until like, what, maybe this season, so and the fact yeah, even
2: that it's kind of,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah even that was kind of suspect even the offense, like the offense really disappeared on them against Montreal and Boston multiple times. So it's, you know, Freddie Anderson can't do everything. And it's like, he didn't really give up bad goals. Like if you look at all those games, they weren't bad goals. It was just bad turnover, bad defense, and the offense completely disappears. So I, I understand why people might say like aren't you nervous? I'm really not nervous with Freddie. He's been solid all season. And the fact that he, like like what what the Tomahawks said, this is a like this is the most complete team he's been on since the 2015 Ducks. So I'm really not worried at all about Freddie in the playoffs this year. I think he's uh, gonna be fine.
2: I'd agree with that. Um because if you just say, "Oh, you know, it was Freddie Anderson that cost the Leafs the playoffs," well, you're just discounting the was the 31 other people on that team. You now, what were they doing? Um, I think the Hurricanes kind of have a good habit of kind of taking, you know, wayward players, kind of like that. You know, people may lose some confidence in them and say, "Hey, prove yourself here." Um, you know, look at Lucky Hamilton. There'd be no way he would have that contract with the Devils now if. You know, Carolina didn't kind of give him a a chance. And you know, good for
1: him that he was able to get with nine million dollars per year. Um (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah, like and like we even said, just very cocky and yummy. Everyone thought he was done for because you know, Montreal, like he was just floundering in Montreal. He comes to Carolina, has the best point season of his career, and you find out that they're not really developing guys in in Canada in, in Montreal outside of maybe Cole Caulfield or just the fact that he's just that good at shooting at the park. I think he's
2: just that good. Yeah. <laughs> he's just,
1: he's just that naturally good. I don't have to worry about it. So yeah. So it, it kind of shows you, it's like, maybe it's like you said, it's a confidence thing. And maybe it's just how the team is set up. And I don't see a problem with Freddie. Like,
2: no, cause you no, know, it's kind of like, you know, saying, Hey, I'm worried about you in the playoffs. It's like, no, go out there and prove to me that you can do it. And, that's what they like is challenges like that saying, so, you know, not, don't tear them down and say, Hey, I want you to do this, you know? And so they're going to go and do it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of almost similar to the military where it's like, you know, you don't tell someone, Hey, you suck all the time. You go, Hey, no, I want you to go here and do this and watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. And, exactly. That's yeah, like, I, like I understand people are going to be like, cause it's a lot of recency bias and a lot of, Oh, well, you struggle in the playoffs, but. No, it's just the team in front of him. And luckily, yeah, Freddie's maybe had a couple of nights where he's kind of had, a, you know, every goalie has a rough night. But when you have, like, a sub 2-1 goals against, like, not something you're really worried about. You know what I'm saying? No, so, again,
2: it's just kind of big picture. You know, it's like bad couple of games, but as a whole, has he been good or not? And, you no, know, if I think he wasn't good enough, I'm pretty sure one of the Wolves goalies would have taken the spot by now because <laughs> they're just waiting, you know. There's yeah. four of them down there, and one's hurt, but yeah, they're just rotating and waiting.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget, we also have Antti and He's been pretty good this year as well as the backups, I and mean, we have a really good tandem here in Carolina. And the fact that they're both under contract for next season, too, I mean, that's another year of the Wolves figuring out, all right, we got four goalies here. What do we necessarily do because – They're too good to go play in uh, Norfolk and we can't send them to Carolina because we got two really good goalies. So it's like, where do they they do next year? So, yeah.
2: To be honest, I'm not really sure what they would do with LaFontaine. Like, they might lock him up for a longer term, but it's only for a year. So I don't know if they might want to say, hey, go play in like some other league for a year or something to come back. I don't see Kotechkov ever going back to Russia. You know, obviously, the war and stuff aside, you know, he probably can't even get there now. Yeah. Um. It's just as, as well as he's done this fast. There's no reason to send him back. He's yeah. He's fine. He, yeah. He's done developing the KHL. He's ready for North America.
1: Yeah, and we've already seen it. Like you said, it's a small sample size, but yeah, I don't really see him going back anywhere else. And yeah, I mean Lafontaine. Yeah, you could send him like, you know, to Finland or you know anywhere else, or just send him to Norfolk and give him some, you know, give him some, you know, ECHL timer. Figure what you're going to do with them next season in the AHL. It's just you got two other good goalies that are there as well. So you have a lot of goalies in Chicago. What do you do? So, I mean, luckily they play enough where you can rotate them in and out and figure it out. But I mean, no, like you said, if Freddie wasn't good or if he was having some troubles, you would see Nancy Ronta taking about half the starts. And it's not really the case because Freddie Anderson has like over 30, I think it's like 34 or 35. He's got a bunch of wins this year. Let's be honest. Pretty yeah, interesting. When he,
2: like He's back in the Vesna talks, you know. Like, I know Chesterkin, uh, everyone wants him to win, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just because he's in New York, honestly. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you have a Vesna caliber goalie right there. And then, you know, you look at Ronson, you know, I don't think a lot of people kind of expect much out of him coming off a, of, I think it's almost a really, really, long injury.
1: Yeah, and the fact and that.
2: He- he's come here and, you know, other teams, he would be the starter again like
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like it's like we have we have a 1a1b we can't really have that because freddie has pretty much started like 75 percent of the game so it's like we have a 1-2 but it's kind of like a hybrid 1-2 or like a 1a1b but it's just a little bit more spread out compared to what you would see in like how it is in minnesota or calgary or colorado and a bunch of other a bunch of other teams where they do have a tandem we we do almost have a tandem but it's not 50 50 that's just, like I said, like you said, if Freddie wasn't good, we would see more of a, of a split, but you don't because Freddie is just that good. So, like I said, I'm not really too worried about the playoffs. This team is too structurally sound. Rod does a great job. You know, Tim Gleason is one of the assistant coaches. I'm, I'm not worried about Yeah, Freddie. I think
2: that was a good, uh, a good promotion for him too. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: it's Tim Gleason. How can you not love the guy? It's Tim. No, uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not worried about Freddie. He's going to be fine. It's just the, the team plays the way they did all season, go into the playoffs, go knock out round one and go make for a deep playoff run and make a sailing Cup final appearance. I'll be good. I'm not worried. Freddie's going to change all those narratives real fast. It's just, look who was in front of him. That really explains a lot of it. So, like I said. Right. You know, where was he... Austin Matthews? Where was Martin? Where was, you know. Everyone yeah. else. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, Nazem Kadri gets suspended for back-to-back playoffs. You know, Jake. You know, it's like you know, Morgan Riley makes a couple mistakes. The defense kind of just falls apart. I mean, Freddie didn't really give up a lot of soft goals. Like I said, it's just the team in front of him kind of collapsed. So, no, I'm not worried about it. But Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun. You know, talking. Oh, you know, this past week, Carolina. You know, clinches the you know, playoff spot for the fourth year in a row, hundred point season again, you know, answers some fan questions, you know, just taking the time, man. I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. This was, this was definitely a lot of fun.
2: Oh, thank you for having me again, man. I'm honored to invite me. Well,
1: of course, you know, I always want to bring on people from Carolina Twitter and just around Hurricanes hockey in general, and just, you know, pick their brains about the team and, you know, just have some great conversations talking about, you know, one of the most fun teams in hockey or all of sports, honestly, because, I mean, how can you not enjoy the team on the ice and on social media? It's just, it's so much fun. So yeah. If I could ever bring someone on that's going to bring, you know, some fun and energy and just talk about this team kind of have to, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, where can people find you on social media and uh, all that good stuff?
2: Uh, pretty much really just for social media. I really only use Twitter. Just that at eric underscore k8 but it's e-r-i-c-h because you know weird heritage hey
1: nothing uh, wrong with that hey nothing wrong with that hey yeah hey at uh, least at least your twitter handle's cool i'm like i'm one of a million zach martin so i mean at least yours is a little bit unique so it's not no I mean, to be unique.
2: honest because people ask me what the k8 stands for is just the one that got recommended from the twitter is like use this as your name sure why not yeah right uh, so, i mean nothing wrong with that but no some. Pretty active there, you know, for the, obviously, for the uh, carry on hurricanes, for us for scores got to shut them out, you know, really oh, good charity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like every goal that happens, you're automatically, like, I'm just waiting for like, all right, where's the Eric video? There it is. There's the other one. There's the other one. It's just, yeah. I mean, at,
2: I mean, at that point, you know, it's kind of like, well, I already have a beverage of some sort. I'm already watching the game. May as well, you know, cheer on the entire team, not just a couple guys. Yeah, you know, they right. They all work hard
1: yeah exactly why not so i mean it's it's always it's always good because you don't know if it's either like a sparkling water or you know or an actual like adult beverage it's just it's you never know what you're going to get so always great videos so yeah no, <laughs> i appreciate yeah, it yeah no Porsche for scores is good i actually had zach on i think for like episode two or three so i had him on that was that was a good conversation with him so um yeah yeah if, if anyone has to check them out check out pors for scores that's a really great group um the checkout. But like I said, Eric, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, just having you on this week. Looks great, man. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, until next time, guys, I will see you here at the search. Bar.